When you first drive into Andrews University campus, the first thing that you see is a globe. When you look at it, when you think about all the different people that you will encounter as you continue onto this campus, it makes you wonder who they are. It makes you wonder what they've been through. And as we pride ourselves in being one of the most diverse universities in the United States, we also have to dive in and learn more about those cultures, learn more about those people, learn more about the world changers that we are going to encounter. And so as we talk about these different things, there are so many people that we see on campus and so many people that we don't, and we don't know who they are. We don't know their stories, but this is what Humans of AU is about. In this special podcast that is only taking place at the end of this semester, we're going to take a few episodes to highlight different students on Andrews University campus. And we'll talk about who they are, where they came from, where they are now, and where they're going. Join us for this podcast, and hopefully this will give you an opportunity to continue to learn about those around you and learn a little more about yourself. My name is Kata Samuels, president of Andrews University Student Association. Thank you for joining us. Today I have Shelby Slade. Hey, guys. Uh, we are so excited to have her here today. And just to touch on a little bit of her experience as she's been here at AU, and hopefully you can learn some things from that. So, Shelby, you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> okay. I'm a senior, so I'm about to graduate soon. I'm majoring in speech pathology, and I'm also majoring in Spanish. Mm. And I'm in RA right now. So, yeah. So Shelby, you did ACA, right? Tell us a little bit more about what ACA is and how that was for you. Yeah, sure. So for those of you guys who may not know what ACA is, um, it's a study abroad program with all the Adventist colleges in the U.S. and I think the one in Canada, too. And they have partner schools at all these different Adventist colleges in Europe, South America, some in Asia, and you guys choose where you want to go and you can stay for a semester or a year to learn another language. It was definitely like a very interesting experience because I had never been outside of the U.S. before. So going from like zero international travel to having to like live somewhere else totally different was really big shock for me. And I kind of wasn't I mean, I knew it was going to be different, but I wasn't prepared for how different it would be. Okay, so you did mention that kind of experience was a big shock. I guess then let's dial back a little bit, right? Let's go t take us to the very beginning <laughs> and talk about where family's from and, you know, kind of your experience growing up, your siblings, a little bit of that. So you have a brother. I know that. Mm -hmm. Is that your only sibling or do you have another sibling? Yeah, just him. So it's just the two of us. And yeah, so a little bit about my family. My dad, he's from North Carolina. My mom's from Oklahoma, so they're both like, very Southern um, in how they like, you know, act. It's always like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, okay, please, okay. honey, all of that. So, <laughs> and I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, same with my brother. Mm. And we moved to Illinois when I was three. So I barely remember Wisconsin mm. at all. So Illinois is where I've been most of my life until I came here when I was 18 for school. And then Argentina is where I live. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. Yeah. If you guys don't know, some people know Shelby that are listening. For those of you that do know, you know that Shelby is an Illinois diehard. <laughs> they should make her the ambassador for Illinois. She loves that place, which is a good thing. I think it's good to have pride, you know, though I, I think Maryland is better. I mean, you guys have it on the flag. You guys have it on the flag. <laughs> but, but, what? 
I mean, hey, you know. I just, I don't know that many famous people from Maryland. Uh, like, okay. that's the thing. D.C., yeah. Okay, Virginia, yeah. But I can't name anyone really famous from Maryland. Like, think about it. You know, though I think we could go on about this, I know that this will definitely take a shift in the podcast. Um, Shelby will argue with me about this all yeah, day. It definitely has would a long derail life. the podcast. It would derail the podcast. So I'm, I'm just saying that like Chicago has a lot of like famous people. <laughs> <laughs> like think Chance the Rapper, Kanye West, like Michelle Obama, oh, wow, wow. Oprah's show was filmed there. Like I just I can't think of the same kind of like the same level of like contribution to like <laughs> pop culture America as it is like. I, I can't name anyone, like, famous from Maryland like that. I mean, logic, but, <laughs> like, I, I honestly, and I know I'm probably, all the DMV people are going to, like, come after me for that, but. Well, I hope that they do, because then you'll. Hopefully, <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe. I don't want to be attacked. I love you guys, though. You guys have a really great flag. <laughs> great flag. Thank you for that. I guess I want to know, then, dialing back to your favorite state and your life growing up there. How was that transition, you know, as you're growing up, I guess, those home values that you had, some of that respect that was integrated into your household or some of those Southern values that I think kind of, you know, those have a theme, right? When mm-hmm. we talk, when people talk about Southern values or even some of those things that you started to mention, I already have an idea of, okay, this is how she was raised. It was, she was brought up very, you know, there, there are certain things in terms of respect that are kind of ingrained in you. So how was that, like, as you're going through school and then even now coming to Andrews with so many different cultures? Did you feel like you saw a lot of that or you were kind of confused on why people weren't like that or how was that? It's just like different because, I mean, since I grew up in the Midwest and a lot of my friends, their families have been living there mm-hmm. forever. So it's just a difference of, I feel like Midwest is more casual, mm-hmm. but still, you know, but Southern is a little bit more like just over, like formal on things like that. So I definitely would agree with what you're saying about like being brought up that way and coming to Andrews. It was just really different to see, like, all these different cultures of people. And I would say that overall people are really respectful. But, like, in, like in the South, like, if, like how it is, like, when I was going to visit my family, everyone, like, you just go to Walmart or whatever and you just say, oh, hey, to, like, random, like, mm-hmm, you don't know, mm-hmm. you don't know this person. You're not your neighbor. <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, hey, like, or, you know, good morning, blah, blah, blah. How are you? Mm-hmm. And, like, here it's, like, not... Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was like a weird thing for me, but I guess I've gotten used to it. But yeah, other than that, I would just say it's a lot more casual Mm -hmm. than like kind of the way I was raised. Not like over, I wasn't raised like overly formal, but yeah, just kind Mm -hmm. of more like, yeah. No, I think I can agree with that. I, I I don't think it's necessarily an overly formal thing. I think too, for myself, I've seen, you know, maybe sometimes we're like, oh, People don't hold the door or something. Yeah, or exactly. Mm-hmm. People, like, you know, you smile at them, you wave, and they look you're at you like, like you're crazy. Like, who are you? Like, I don't be like, that's just how it is. It's like you just always say, oh, hey, how are you? Like, even if you don't know them, it's just like, yeah. Like, yeah. here it's like, not. <laughs> so I totally agree with you, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. I think that's an interesting transition in, in terms of, like, you know, kind of culture shock coming in and seeing all these different people, and a lot of them operate so differently, especially, like you said, you know, never being out of the States or having some of those different experiences. So how was that in your experience with ACA when you were in Argentina? Well, ACA was already, Andrews already was a kind of big shock for me first fall freshman year because Mm -hmm. coming here, I thought everyone was just going to be from like Illinois, Indiana, 
Michigan and Wisconsin like me. I thought everyone was going to be like from That's around area. the area. Mm-hmm. And then when I started meeting people from like California, like Maryland, like Jamaica, Korea, like mm-hmm. all these places, I was like, wow, these people really like go far, far out mm-hmm. of their way to go to school here. Yeah. And I just kind of like chose Andrews because I'm like, oh, well, it's like close enough to my house, but not too close. Mm-hmm. So it should be fine. So that was already like so wild to me. So then coming to Argentina for ACA was like a whole other ballgame because their school is kind of diverse too. Like they have students from Argentina, Uruguay, Paraguay. I know I'm not using the Spanish pronunciation, but it's fine. <laughs> but, but like Brazil, they have people from Angola there, like wow. all these other places. So I wasn't expecting that. I thought everyone would just be like from Argentina, mm-hmm. except for like us, mm-hmm. the ACA people. But it wasn't that way. So that was weird. And the culture shock that I would say, well, two of the biggest culture shocks I had was that like in Argentina, there's like not that many black people at all, mm. which like in America, there's some places like that. I guess I've never been to those places. So it didn't like feel as weird to me. But when I was there, the moment you get off the plane, people think that you're like some kind of celebrity or something because all <laughs> the black people that they know of are like TV, right, like right. LeBron James or like people like that. People they haven't met in real time. Exactly. Yeah. So they're always like singers or celebrities or something. So people always think you're someone famous. It's just like, you're just so different. There's no one, like, not that many people that look like you here. So that was a big thing for me that was, like, really Not necessarily shocking. in a negative way, you're yeah, saying, it but wasn't more of, like, like a, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, you're different, so that's bad. It was just like, wow, you are just, like, so different. Like, There's I have not seen it before. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of people would just stare at me. Like, people would just stare at me. Kids would just, like, like tap their friends and, like, just point at me. I'm just, oh, I was so uncomfortable because I was, like, I literally have never experienced that yeah. we're like it's just like to that level of like people just not really being exposed and they're like so that was like a really big thing and then the other thing would be the way their culture is is it's formal too but like kind of like southern but it's more like well also the way they dress like everyone dresses like they don't wear like sweats or like mm-hmm. things like that. They dress like they're going somewhere, like all the time. <laughs> like all the time, like any just even just like everyday kind of things. Like mm-hmm. the other one is just the way they socialize was like so different because their school is like it's school and then church where like they don't have like we have team sports or like this kind of club extracurricular whatever with events. They just have like school, vespers, church. And then you can play games in the gym, but it's not even like intramurals. It's just like, oh, friends are just playing basketball or volleyball Mm -hmm. for fun. So that was the biggest thing for me is like the social scene at the school is so different because it's really based off of friend groups instead of like you go to clubs maybe and meet people like in a new place, like who are interested in whatever club you're in. But there you just meet people and then you just start socializing from there. I don't know if I'm explaining it. No, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and and even it's probably harder to explain because it's so different, like yeah, you said, it's right? So weird. Yeah, like I, it's so hard to put in words. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I guess too to touch back on um, what you were talking about with your experience of you know people seeing you and seeing somebody different when they first saw you, right? They weren't used to seeing oh someone who looks like her or something, but it wasn't necessarily like you said in a negative way. Was that something that you had to make a conscious decision to approach it from their perspective? Yeah, because at first, I'm not going to lie, I I just, like, thought it was offensive because it's, like, people are just sure. pointing at me, and I'm just, like, rolling my suitcase, just <laughs> doing nothing, business, like, right. and so I was, like, oh, like, what's up? Like, because, I don't know, 
to me, I'm just like, it's normal. So I don't know. Yeah. So at first I was kind of offended by it. Like people were just staring at me, pointing. I was like, what's up with that? Like, you know, it's kind of like racist. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then I was talking to like some people there who like are locals and they're just saying like most of the time it's usually not that way. It's just that think of how like they have movies and things, but that's the only way they've ever seen a black person. Like even he said, like even before me, like he had only met and like actually spoken to like two other like black people before. Mm. So then understanding that is just more of like, wow, you're so different from what mm-hmm. I've seen instead of like you're different and that's mm-hmm. bad was like an adjustment because I feel like I feel like coming from an American mindset, you're more easily to be offended. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I feel like maybe I automatically mm. like assumed that it was something bad. Mm-hmm. Because like with of the American experience yeah, here, and like right. in America, mm-hmm. but then coming there, you had to really kind of like readjust from the American mindset. Like, oh, they're saying I'm different, and that automatically mean, might mean they think I'm mm-hmm. like worse than them. Mm-hmm. To like, oh, they just think that it's really different. Even though some of the things they did, there were sometimes it was really uncomfortable, like hair touching kind of things. Mm-hmm. But like, those were like isolated incidents where I feel like most of it was just like. Yeah, you're so different. But it's definitely a mindset shift from like America where it's just like mm-hmm. the way race is, is so different. And you just think it, you're more thinking your first thought is just to be offended. I feel mm-hmm. like for me, it was. Mm-hmm. And so you had to kind of step outside of yourself, mm-hmm. right, to approach it from that perspective. And do you think when you returned here, right, having that experience, do you think that kind of shifted your mindset for maybe some of your interactions that you had here? Or you kind of transitioned back into, you know, this is different because... Maybe their mindset was coming from more of a, you know, a wonder or a shock or surprise versus this mindset was maybe more out of prejudice or when when you interact with people here. Because I see then you kind of transition to that being, you know, my first thought is, okay, initially, you know, when you first got there, you might have been like, whoa, this is kind of, you know, they're discriminating against me or right or making these comments mm-hmm. based off of. But then you kind of shifted that mindset, okay, maybe they just don't know or they had a lack of exposure coming back here, you know, a lot of people have yeah, had a lot of people are like, so. exactly, yeah. So, you, so did you kind of shift your thinking back or it's like two different, you look at those two different ways? Mm, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that before. I guess. You could take your time if you want to think. Yeah, because I just have never thought about that before. Mm-hmm. I would say when I've been here, I've used that way of thinking more like, oh, maybe it's just, you know, lack of exposure, lack of knowledge, or mm-hmm. it's just they're different they're acknowledging I'm different than I am but I'm gonna be honest that I'm not as like men like I'm I'm, that's not my first thought as much here Mm -hmm. so I've kind of like reverted back to the American way I was before Mm -hmm. but I would say my first thought kind of is still like I kind of adjusted with the frame of mind that I had when I was in Argentina where it's like oh maybe they just don't know or understand first and then I go to that later where there I kind of just was like, well, they're raised totally different, totally different culture. So I was a lot more forgiving. Where here I'm kind of more in the American mindset where it's like thinking that it might be offensive or not. Mm-hmm. I hope that explained the question. I don't know. So keeping in mind, um, you know, some of those different things, those experiences and how you learned and, and those things that you learned here. Did you have any preconceived notions for either of those experiences, you know, with school coming to Andrews. I mean, you you mentioned, you know, you anticipated a lot of people would be from the area surrounding here or or living where you had lived before. And then when you went to Argentina, you thought, okay, a lot of these people are going to be coming from living in this area or coming from one of these universities 
uh, and then you saw so many people from so many places. How do you feel like those notions that you had prior to coming in changed or affected your experience in either way? Mm, well, I guess for in Argentina, I would say it kind of, I'm kind of glad I came in with that mindset because I was able to be really blown away with mm. like all these different like kinds of people and everything. So I think that was good. But I will say that it was also limiting because sometimes you just assume like everyone is Argentinian. So if someone, if I had an interaction with someone that was either positive or negative and they're not from there, that's not really reflective of like, you know, what actually might be happening in Argentina. Okay. So, and same with like when I came here, I think that coming with the mindset that people would be like me, like basically from like the Midwest mm -hmm. and Andrews, it surprised me too. So I guess it had me kind of be blown away, but I think it also allowed me to really seek out people that were from all these other different mm. places because I had just never met people from all these places. Same with in Argentina too. Like I met people and made friends with some people from like Angola, Brazil. Mm. And I think that that made me more appreciative of the fact that mm. they have people from all over these places wider than what I thought mm -hmm. coming in. And you feel like, from what I'm hearing you say, you know, that was something that you had to be intentional about to make sure, or at least when you were here at Andrews, to seek out people who were different or you see all these different people. Do you feel like it was easy for you to develop those relationships or do you feel like people kind of crowded with who they knew or what they were used to? Mm, I feel like freshman year, there's like a phase like <laughs> when it's like, I mean, I didn't go to academy. So like, okay, it wasn't, I would... I didn't really have to deal with that, but like there's a phase early in freshman year where everyone at their academy like kind of stays together because like, of course, I would like if I went to academy, I would do the same thing. So mm -hmm. no judgment, but like where they stay with all the people from their academy because that's what's safe and comfortable to them. Mm -hmm. And then slowly but surely over the course of freshman year, everyone gets into their own pods. But I feel like once that happens, pods kind of tend to like lock at Andrews a little mm -hmm. bit. And I mean, there's room for flow. But especially now with COVID, it's really, like, mm. hard to, like, just meet new people in general. Mm -hmm. um, so people are definitely, even more in this year, like, I feel kind of locked into who and what they know more than normal. But even normal year, I'd still say they kind of are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's transition a little bit uh, into, I guess, your perspective as a student from some of these courses that you're able to take here at Andrews as well as your experience with ACA did that kind of throw off your academic journey when you went? I know some people kind of go for a year and then they come back. Their timeline looks different or some of their courses, um, kind of things change or depending on if they go for a semester or for a full year, et cetera. So how did that look for you? Oh, yeah. I fell off like a cliff. Like it was really <laughs> – I was down bad. It was really bad. And like honestly, I could go on about that. But, <laughs> but um, the adjustments – from being in Argentina to Andrews, especially from, like, think about it. Like, so I was taking freshman classes at Andrews. Mm. I'm gone in Argentina taking, like, Spanish classes, art classes. And it's in Argentina where it's, like, the teachers show up late half the time. They have siesta where you just nap. And it's fine. Like, they give homework, but it's really not that bad. Like, we couldn't have jobs because we didn't have a student visa for that to get the job. So we just did school, didn't work. Like, they prioritized more personal and family time off. So it was chill. Like, it was like, oh, school, but then I can actually, like, hang out and go outside and, like, do things like that. 
And Andrew's freshman year, like, yeah, it was hard to adjust to being away from home, but it was freshman level classes. Mm -hmm. Then I came back and like junior year is like, oh, wow, you're taking like all of the hardest classes in your major Mm. all at once. And like, there is no nap time. There's no siesta. You have to like actually go to class all the time. (laughs) Like it's hard hard work. (laughs) And it's like, okay, freshman year, yeah, you met people, but then everyone's like changed all these friend groups and dynamics Mm -hmm. had changed Mm -hmm. sophomore year. You're coming back junior year and you're like, oh, like, what happened? This person doesn't even go to the school anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this person, like, changed their major so they're not in my class anymore. Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, these people transferred in. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I didn't know people any. People have been moving Yeah, people you. have been moving. Right. So it's like, I don't even know what's going on, like, with the whole social thing. And then, like, in classes, it's like, I took, like, a whole pause from my speech path classes. Mm-hmm. Going into, like, the hardest of my speech path classes junior year. So, like, it was pretty, mm. it was really rough, like, that first semester. And then I was finally, like, getting better second semester. And then, like, COVID happened. And then it's yeah. like, you know, I mean, it's up to God. So, but it ended up, it ended out good. But it was a really, like, rough adjustment. Yeah, for sure. I mean, generally, Andrews is pretty vigorous with most of their programs, to my knowledge. Or that's kind of the reputation that they have. Do you think high school prepared you for that? I think that it prepared me for the knowledge, like, I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I learned. <laughs> I don't feel like I learned that much new um, mm-hmm. because it's just gen eds, mm-hmm. like mostly. But I was not prepared for time management mm-hmm. and like how to study. Like mm-hmm. I, I studied, I guess, in high school, but not like how to study like big amounts of information mm-hmm. at an amount of time or how to like write certain types of papers like I didn't even really know how to do APA format Mm -hmm. until I got here so just like things like that but I feel like I was prepared in high school because I went to public high school so I was able to do like a like some advanced classes and things like that so Mm -hmm. I feel like prepared with like the subjects Mm -hmm. and the concepts but in terms of like time management Mm -hmm. and like certain techniques to study and take notes Mm -hmm. no yeah and I I have felt that too for myself Coming from academy, I think my knowledge base, uh, I mean, I would say it was okay. You know, there wasn't anything where I felt like, wow, am I such a deficit here? Or there's a lot I really didn't know. But one thing I will say, too, for my high school courses, not in like a braggy way, but I was going, I was just making my way, you know? It wasn't anything Mm -hmm. where I was super stressed. Like maybe one, there was one professor, he was like, ooh, he was stressing me out. But for the most part, you know, I was relaxing. I was making my way by, you know, getting through, making the grades well without, like, you know, struggling mm-hmm. super hard. So then coming to college, they're like, no, you can't do that here. Like, <laughs> I was just like, because I thought it was going to be easier. I'm like, oh, so I don't have class from 730 to 230. Like, I can only ah. have, like, two classes a day. Like, oh, this is easy. Like, <laughs> duh. Like, this is the dream. And then I was like. Oh, like that's because they're harder. So you need to spend more time studying. Right. Yeah. And and that transfer of, you know, how many credit hours you're taking to mm-hmm. how much you should be studying outside. Like they say that in the. <laughs> I forgot they say that. Yeah, they do. They say that. <laughs> they say that in the beginning and you're like, oh, please, like four hours a week. Oh, seven. Like, oh, eight hours a week. Oh, please. But then, like, the test comes and you're like, wow, I definitely should have been spending that <laughs> Putting those time. hours in. Yeah, definitely something that you have to make, like, a mental adjustment coming to college. And it's hard because you, you don't really have time to make that mental adjustment. Like, you have to jump in. You're going straight yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, okay, like, okay, I see what's going on. Let me take some time to, like, get it together. Like, you have to – you just have to get it together. And sometimes – 
you can't. You just keep going. Like, and then I, I saw this post the other day. It was like, you know, the thing is, college doesn't even give you enough time to grieve over one loss. Like, it really doesn't. You have a poor exam and you cry, and then it's like, all right, girl, you like you gotta start studying again. Right? Just let the tears fall on the paper when you're doing your next assignment. Literally, exactly. that's all you have to do. So I guess that's always like one of those kind of sucky things. And I'm sure from your perspective, so you're an RA this year. I was an RA last year. I know that our experience, and I remember, and for those of you, you know who may have seen Shelby's RA. Shelby's my RA right now. Um, so Basement West. Basement West. <laughs> um, and one thing is, it's interesting, Shelby had come, you know, and asked me and walked with me around when I was doing my uh, rotation before COVID and everything because she was interested in doing RA this year, which she is. But that experience is completely different now. You know, being an RA in the pandemic versus being an RA, you know, in general. Either way, both of these are hard tasks to do at Lampson Hall. But having that, you know, that shift is is crazy adjustment, especially because that's not what was in your head when you were first planning to do it. And I felt the same thing with AUSA. When I was running for AUSA, we had all these grand plans. I was thinking all these things we could do. And then they were like, well, you can only have 10 people in that building. And it's just like, "Um, no. Yeah. So I kind of want to know, too, from your perspective, how have you felt, and and not only as RA, but maybe, too, because you have that unique outlook, how have you felt the school has responded to the pandemic? And as an RA at this time, dealing with that, seeing the students and maybe, you know, how they're feeling in general. Are they super overwhelmed or are, you know, maybe people are not considering that or you think they're doing they're doing pretty good. You yourself as an RA, how has that shifted the experience that you thought you were going to have and then had to adjust to? Yeah, so it's definitely been a challenge this year being an RA. I feel like Andrews, definitely it's been a different experience. Even when I accepted the offer for the job, I got it in March when in the middle of the pandemic when we moved back home. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, well, I can still be an RA. Like, this will be done before August. Like, it'll be fine. Like, the year will be back to normal in time. And it'll be good. Like, you know, no worries. So, yeah, I'll accept. I had no idea that it was going to last this long at all. So even in the pandemic, I did accept, but I just I had no idea it would affect the year as much as it did. Mm -hmm. But I feel like from the RA perspective, like there's a lot of students just really like I see like struggling with like a lot, especially last semester. A lot of them were very tired. There's no breaks at all. They're just very overwhelmed, like having to get so much done in a shortened semester, but the same workload mm-hmm. with no like, you know, days off. Mm-hmm. And a lot of students were saying how like, you know, it is harder for them to meet new friends. And we as RAs typically try to do like social events and things like that with open doors and other kinds of things like hall parties. But even that's changed. But that. yeah, those have changed. Open doors have been all through Zoom. So it's so much harder to really get to know the girls on your hall outside of room check. And then people spend so much time on Zoom mm-hmm. in general. I mean, that, to get that participation. It's really hard because they're all, yeah, exactly. They're burnt out from staring at their screen on Zoom to just do Zoom, but for fun instead of school. So it's hard to get that, like, in participation into that. Even with hall parties, we have to really change the activities we can do to be, like, socially distant and COVID safe. And also our our budgets got adjusted, too, for hall parties. So it's a lot harder to be creative. And also just the protocols of, like, we're not supposed to really be in their rooms for that long, you know, to be exposed to COVID, spraying the doorknobs all the time and things like that. And just trying to um, still plan, like, worship and social activities, but in a COVID way, it's really hard. You have to be really creative. And it's 
hard because it seems like the need for those things is higher than normal, mm-hmm. but it's so much harder to like to execute do it in that. a way that's effective where people who really need it can do it. Because a lot of people, like um, on my old hall, a lot of these girls would say like how they felt like they wanted to meet new people, but it's like, oh, well, usually you could meet new people through open door or a hall party. But like, it's so much harder to get it to, to be that, done. Yeah. That it's just like, it's just weird. Yeah. No, I feel that for sure. Especially, again, coming from this AUSA perspective, and I'm sure a lot of my team can agree. <laughs> this is a time where a lot of people are missing that social interaction. And I was just talking to someone the other day about who I spend time with on campus. And uh, I... I couldn't think of that many people. There's not that much, you know, in terms of outside of doing your work and and things, you know, you have maybe one or two people that you might see. You may have your your roommate. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I see my roommate and maybe one of my friends. But I think, too, and especially depending on how closely you're following the COVID protocols, you're not really spending that much time with a lot of people or Mm -hmm. you're not seeing people. You know, you're, you're a lot more to yourself. A lot of people, when they... You know, the only time that they take their mask off is when they're in their room by themselves or when they're eating. And some of those things transitioning back to needing that social interaction, right? A lot more of that that they could usually get from maybe hanging around the gazebo or from going out one-on-one with their friends, studying together or doing some of these bigger events. Now there's more of that need to pull those people in or even for the, the incoming class who barely had the opportunity yeah. to make those relationships, right? coming in trying to make those opportunities for them but there's like they really need it but how do you do it you know or Mm -hmm. how can you do it in an effective way and a reasonable way that's definitely been hard I guess seeing that again from your perspective I'm sure there are a lot of different things that you know you have ideas on or things that are frustrating for you but it's also kind of one of those what can you do situations right like you said I know a year ago we never would have thought Never would have thought no. that this was going to last this long. Um, I remember when Dean Keel was still working at uh, Lamson, and she had mentioned, she and her husband had mentioned, you know, oh, like, you guys better get ready. Like, COVID is coming, da 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 And it was literally while I was working as an RA. We were like, what are you talking about? Like, it's saying, like, you guys bad. are being dramatic. Like, we're like oh, oh, it's coming, but it's just a little flu, just a little, you know, just a little. And we never would have thought the way that it shifted the world. And, and still now, you know, that we're living under that cloud of COVID is definitely something that everyone's still adjusting to or still confused about. So then generally, you know, though you still have some time here at Andrews, what are some of the biggest struggles that you found and some of the benefits that you've had. I know COVID is probably one of those big struggles. Yeah, but I mean, like, with this year, as of a task, so you mean, like, with, like, just the COVID year or just in general? Just in general. Um, For me, one of the hardest things that I've struggled with that I wish I would be just, I was better at sooner is just reaching out to professors earlier on, too, in class, like, just building those relationships because, you know, they are here to really help. And sometimes I feel like as students, you really don't, like think that or you forget about that and it's kind of just like oh they're here and I'm here like you mm-hmm. know they're so intimidating or whatever but most times like if you just come to them and you know come you know properly but like they you know are here to help you so mm-hmm. I think I really wish I had had done that you know built more connections and like um reached out to professors more also just taking advantage of more different things like I'm just at the point this year where I'm like taking advantage of like all these different things here I was like what was I doing? Like, I was like, just, um, I guess just when you get comfortable, like you don't want to feel 
uncomfortable, especially like with how my experience was where I came in junior and I was like really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of was like, once I got comfortable, I just kind of stayed like where I felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. But I wish like I had maybe like done more things out of my comfort zone because this is, Andrews is such like a great place to like really try a lot of different things. Like, you know, learn about so many new cultures and meet like people from like just everywhere, like all these places that you would never even like imagine so just be more open-minded and yeah and just willing to ask for help too like you know that's a big thing um it's just just in any different kinds of way it can be related to school or just in personal life like being willing to ask people for help that's another one Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that some of those you know you get yourself in your comfort zone or things that are easy and then you don't go looking for some of those definitely things that you can benefit from and there's so much there's so much to see and to do and to experience that's around us that we sometimes don't take advantage of or that we wish we took advantage of uh, when it's too late. So I think that's a really helpful piece of advice. And I'm also wondering, too, from your experience with ACA and, you know, again, going there, leaving, coming back, right, having those experiences as a, maybe a student who is now feeling maybe a little bit overwhelmed transitioning back into campus life at Andrews. Or maybe in a different perspective, also a student who might be feeling overwhelmed transitioning into ACA in a whole new place. What were some some tips or some advice that you would give to students who are going in either of those directions? I would say the first thing is don't think too hard because <laughs> for me, I don't know what it like. I don't know what like looking back, I'm like what what was going through my head because I just was like, oh well, I'm doing Spanish and I need to go to Argentina, so I'll just go. And I didn't, like, I just, that was it. And I just, like, did it. Like, okay. signed up. Or I didn't over, like, because if you overthink too much, then you'll be like, oh, well, I've never been out of the States. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be so hard. Or, oh, my Spanish isn't good enough, so I won't be able to talk to people, blah, blah, blah. And then you just will think yourself out of something that would be actually really good for you to do. Mm-hmm. So I would say first thing is to just not not be in your head too much and just, like, if you feel like God's leading you there and it's a responsible, smart thing to do, then go for it. Because if you think any further, at least if you're like me, you'll just think yourself out of mm-hmm. it and then you won't do it. Another thing is just, yeah, push yourself to do what's uncomfortable. It helps you a lot. And another thing for adjusting is that people really aren't as scary as you're making them seem. Mm. Like most people that are normal um, <laughs> usually <laughs> at some level want to help other people and kind of like they don't wish harm on people just randomly. If you need help, ask for help. If you want to make new friends and socialize, just put yourself out there. Like most people aren't just going to be like, oh, like, uh, like you're awful. Like most people <laughs> are like normal, decent, nice people that you can maybe just get to know. And then another thing that I would say to help them transition is think about the way you would want it to go and like kind of maybe make like a bucket list of things you want to do. Because, like, you know, being in Argentina, like, that was such a big experience where it's, like, you don't want to just go there and be in your room all the time. Like, mm-hmm. so just um, maybe coming with, like, oh, well, when I'm there, I want to be able to, like, travel here or try this Argentinian food or something like that. And when you're adjusting back, same way, you're, like, oh, well, when I come back to Andrews, I want to maybe join this club that I never thought of before adjusting. Mm-hmm. And so kind of planning for it. And then also just being willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Always willing to learn, for sure. Yes, I think always being willing to learn is so important. So I guess a little bit for you, where are you 
what's your plan next? Where are you going? What is what is your end goal for you? <laughs> up is up, down is down. <laughs> like I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Well, kind of, but anyway. So um, my next plan after graduation would be I'm going to grad school for speech paths. So that's my next step Ooh. is getting my master's in speech pathology. So it's going to be really exciting. I am excited for yeah. you, and I hope that goes well. And I know that you've been working on having that bilingual. I think that'll be si, so helpful. Si, si senora. Yo, okay. <laughs> Can you do a little Spanish farewell for us? Um, just like a summary of what I said? or uh-huh, you could just, just say do a little, you know, adios, amigos. Gracias por todo. Oh, okay. Adiós, gracias por todo. Y ojalá que ustedes um, les gustan este podcast. Hopefully that was grammatically correct. Uh, No, that was nice. I like that. I thought that was good. Thank you, everyone. Again, you know, I'll give the English version from Shelby. Thank you for everyone joining us today. My name is Kiara Samuels, president of AUSA this year, and I was here with Shelby Slade. And if you run into her on campus, make sure you stop and say hello. As she said, you know, she has that Southern hospitality. She'll say hello back. Yes, so. I will. The masks make it hard, but I, I still, you know. You can see it in her mm-hmm. eyes. This, the smirk, it just goes mm-hmm. in the corners. But again, thank you all for listening. Hopefully that gave you a little bit more about Shelby and a little bit more maybe for yourself, some of those things that you're overthinking or that those decisions that you're struggling to make because you keep go overanalyzing it. Or maybe even if you're transitioning back from ACA or some people who I know that are going next year in the midst of COVID may have some of those difficult experiences, but keeping that open mind and that willingness to learn, I think can take you so far. So thank you, Shelby, for your time and I will see you all next week. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye guys. Bye.